I'm Rosara Dawson, and you're listening to Never Tell Me The Odds. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Never Tell Me The Odds, ESPN's official Star Wars podcast. Ryan McGee, Clinton Yates, Ardo Cal, we appreciate you listening to our show, whether you found us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you very much. We've been doing episodes throughout the Ahsoka series, and oh boy, did we pick a fantastic time to drop another episode after episode five, Shadow Warrior, uh, has dropped on Disney+. Plus. There is a lot to process, gentlemen. Uh, you know we've been talking and nerding out about Star Wars on this show for a little while now. And this one is definitely the meatiest episode, the most to talk about of anything we've done. And maybe we just start, boys. Um, this is going to be a special episode because really we're coming off two special episodes or extraordinary episodes. A lot to talk about. Let's just talk about where we are, what our initial thoughts are, where we are with what we saw from especially episode five. Uh, Ryan, why don't we start with you, man? Well, it's just... um. What was how how's it the kids say now? It's a lot to unpack, right? I mean, it is. <laughs> it, it, it's a lot, and and it's um, but you know, we were left. It's really fascinating to me, like having these weeks. We had a whole week between episode four and episode five, and it gave everyone time to go completely bonkers, you know, on Instagram. Like, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And you know, the shadow realm and the world between worlds, and you know, is Anakin? Is this a puppet that's being thrown out there by some evil force out there? But the speculation, I loved. And then we had the answer immediately. And and, and I just, we've talked a lot about this balance that the show has had to walk between those of us who devoured Rebels, you know, when it aired for the first time years ago. And then, you know, people who are being introduced to these characters for the first time. And I thought the way it laid out Ahsoka's struggle with her past was brilliant. And in the way that that you know, we have to walk this line between the Anakin that we love and then the most evil dude of all time and then the redemptive, you know, Anakin at the end, the, the, walking the tightrope between all of that, I thought was just completely fascinating. And honestly, it was just super cool being in the middle of the Clone Wars again. Right. I mean, it was just it, the imagery of that is so different than what we saw in the prequels. And I just think that's I think I thought it was beautiful, just beautiful to look at, you know, story aside. My thing here, here's here's what I thought, first of all, was there was an element of finally to this that I think was huge and not just in terms of in the context of this particular episode or rather this particular show, but there were a lot of people who showed up in live action where you're like, okay, we can see you, you know, and that relationship you're talking about, Ryan, between the animated stuff and the live action, it's almost become the whole story in a lot of ways for a lot of fans. It's in, and what we saw in episode five was a big payoff. For a lot of people who were literally just waiting around to see their favorite animated characters in live action. And I I, I thought that was a fast that's a fascinating thing that Filoni is clearly playing on a lot because you're right. Ahsoka steps in, she goes, This is the Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. turns around and says, Yeah, tell me about it, or whatever, whatever the line is. And it and it's 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 so in your face that you sort of felt like he was clearly paying direct homage to fans who had waited around for this moment 
in terms of what they love from the animated series. And you're right, that imagery of actual wars, people tend to use the word Star Wars all the time and forget that there are genuine battles that are happening in all places. That showed combat, which we hadn't seen in a long time anywhere that wasn't just sort of town to town stuff um, with the clones. And so I did appreciate that fact. It felt like it was very much serving those who were definitively about the animated series, be it Clone Wars or Rebels, and did not care much for those who had otherwise not been there because you were just going to have to learn either way. Yeah, and Art, I don't want to boil down this incredibly deep episode into one moment and and just to be trite about it, but honestly, at one point I yelled, there's the haircut. Like, yeah. like there's the Anakin Clone Wars haircut we've never seen, you know, in live action, but we've seen, you know, dozens and dozens of episodes of him with that haircut in, in the animated series, which, of course, you know, Filoni gifted us so many years ago but i i hated to be that guy but i was totally you know leo dicaprio on the couch you know with my drink and pointing and i go it's there's the haircut i mean it was just but all but but that mixed with the where we went with this and where ahsoka went with this was um i i just thought was it was it was i watched it twice uh, before i went to bed yeah I'm definitely on one side of this. I think that the last two episodes of Ahsoka, episode four and five, were masterpieces. If episode four is the best episode of the Ahsoka series when it's all said and done, episode five is in the running for best Star Wars episode ever. Uh, It definitely gave you nostalgic feels, especially if you watch The Clone Wars. And you even got good callbacks to many different series and movie trilogies. Even that moment where Ahsoka says, I won't fight you. And Anakin says, I've heard that before. I mean, how do you not feel some kind of way when you hear that, right? But to your point about the plot advancement of this episode for Ahsoka specifically, this was like the character development. And it wasn't just Ahsoka, too. We saw a lot of Jason, right? Uh, Hera's kid. We we heard a Kanan Jarrus reference. Uh, the late father from Rebels. If you watch Rebels, you know exactly what happened to Kanan. But like, just the idea that he's he felt the lightsaber battle and he was integral in finding Ahsoka. You know, back on Setos, right? Like, just that whole sequence was very important to the plot. But also, just the idea of Ahsoka's journey through this episode and needing this final training from Anakin, and even the moment where you see her with the Sith eyes mirroring Anakin's Sith eyes during that battle, and essentially purifying herself, right? Like, it was almost as if when she was back in the water, it was almost like a baptism, and her becoming Ahsoka the White as opposed to Ahsoka the Grey, right? Very Gandalf-like from Lord of the Rings. It, like, it felt like a necessary episode... And all of a sudden, her demeanor changed when she came back off of the ghost uh, when she was rescued. Like, a lot of this felt necessary, but a lot of it was also very welcome to me. I I, I just loved it. I honestly did. Okay, this gets me to my point, Ryan, that we have to talk about, which was, I said my initial thoughts were finally. But that was a larger thing, too, about we got some action. We had been through enough episodes where I felt like there was a lot of setups, a lot of meetings. A lot of longing stares at characters, a lot of lingering on shots, but not a lot of development. And then we all we it packed it into this these last two episodes in ways that, frankly, I thought we were going to get from the jump in terms of the amount of time that it had been since we'd seen Ahsoka in any sort of what I'll just call, I don't know, day to day action. And now was a very long time, and I felt as if, man, I had been longing for this kind of 
look these kind of lookbacks, whether or not they were as important as her, you, you know, developing or rather ending the training with Anakin, that that may or may not be. But I, I was I, it, I was longing for this for a while and finally got it right. Yeah, and 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 we we started accelerating that. I, I thought at episode four, to artist point, episode four, George Lucas could have written that, like yeah. like just the way it was laid out, the pacing of it. You know, we had our we had our major action sequence pillars, and then we ended up with with, with all right. Now we're going through the next step. You know, in this path that you're taking, and so five absolutely accelerated that. And and, and we talked about this, you know, when we talked about Andor. Which was, you know, I think I told you guys it wasn't a popular take, but I was like, man, the pace of this thing, let's go. And then once it started, we got it, and we're a little spoiled with action, right? And, yeah. and that and that is because of that is because of, of the maker, right? George Lucas, he never went very long without giving us a chase, or without giving us a battle, or without giving us, you know, something. And so um, it, it felt like that, but but it's also that balance you're having to strike, right? And it's also of educating people that don't know these characters like maybe some of us already did but it's also to to the point that we talked about very early on this is the new ahsoka tano and yeah. you know when you go back and watch the animated series she was the first one to crash into stuff and she was the first one to just all right you know ready fire aim right no matter what it was because she was a kid and now we have the always arms crossed right always Her, always crossed <laughs> She's thinking, right? And, and it reminds me of Obi-Wan twisting the beard, right? We're, we're, we're thinking all the time. And so it's this introspective Ahsoka. And then we we now we know why. You know, it's this struggle of, and, and you know, Balin gave it to us a little bit in episode four, which was, all right, you know, you, you everywhere you go is destruction. And that's not how she's built. And so she struggled with this. And so setting that up in episode four and then episode five getting the payoff of, her literally, I mean, literally showing us her struggle with, are we just going to fight all the time? And that's why she's not yeah. jumping directly into the action. But now when it's time to go, we know she can go. And, uh, and now she is quite literally gone. And, and, and I can't wait to see what's next. One thing about that, just real quick, is there was a moment, and this kind of made me laugh. It was kind of inadvertently funny, where Ahsoka sort of, sort of in the middle of everything calls out Anakin for becoming Darth Vader, like, as you said, Ryan, like, the biggest evil force in the universe, and Anakin just kind of dismisses her and looks at her and is like, is that what this is about? Like, this is not what we're talking about here, okay? Like, we're, this, we're trying to focus on you here, okay? Don't worry about Darth Vader. Worry about the task at hand. Like, it was inadvertently hilarious. Like, I laughed out loud in that moment. But it was also important to your point to that development as if to say, look, like, you have some of that inside of you as well. But if you want to progress, if you want to get to that next stage, if you want to be uh, the purified version of yourself or the best version of yourself, you're going to have to defeat that or face that and overcome that. And I liked that part of the 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 journey in that episode. Yeah, you would go, yeah, dude. Heads up, that's what this is all about. Like all <laughs> right, like, like like everything, <laughs> everything in my office right now. Just heads up, dude. <laughs> all of this is about you doing what you did. So just just to, to clarify, <laughs> that's, uh, it's, it's everything. That's an all timer on the. Oh, you're still upset about that list? Like, you know what I'm saying? In the argument with your partner, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be pissed about it forever. Yeah. How about yeah. that? You know, well, I felt like I was back with my old college girlfriend again, right? You're like, oh, really? Yeah, no, actually, that is exactly what all of this is about. <laughs> well, it, yeah. it, the reason why it was also fun to see that sort of struggle is that we got 
one of my favorite things, which has become sort of a little inside Easter egg thing every time it happens, is we got various lightsaber colors, which yeah. is not always the case. You know, we we when we saw the little glitch um in the Siege of Mandalore where he was walking away and doing that, you know, patented walk with the cape, and then you got the cut in of Vader, also changed in the world of worlds when he was fighting. Um, you know, the different colors of the sabers. And I, I just those are the things at this point that I think for somebody that is probably in between where you two are in this, like I watched all the animated series. I'm not one of the book readers. I probably will never be one of the book readers or the comics readers, although I understand their legends references. I'm sort of feeling like there there are smaller things that are still working for people like me who have watched it all, but are just, just waiting for more to happen. Um, yeah. It did a good job of giving you something. My man Rex, by the way, in the building, oh, exciting. Yeah. All right, we love Captain Rex in this house. So I, I was I was excited about those particular parts because at this point, there's so much out there, Arda, like that so many different collectives of fan bases of different characters have their own little thing to choose from um, as far as what, what's being offered each show to show. And to your point, I love the the Easter egg in the credits, too. He was Captain Rex in one cutback scene, but then Commander Rex because he gets promoted before the Siege of Mandalore. I thought that was like the attention to detail that Dave Filoni gives and that team gives and gave to that ep- episode five was absolutely remarkable. And that's your point. And also, like, like I, a lot of fans... Probably had the same reaction to there was one scene on Cetos where Carson Teva is understanding everything like he's getting a, an explainer from Hu Yang. And then his response, he just looks at him is like, uh, OK, he's like, okay. I, I guess we should get going. I love that dude. Yeah. I, I, I love Car- the fact. First of all, his name is Carson, which is which is just, you know, that, that, that was just so cool. And second of all, he looks like a just a dude dad, right? Like some guy I'd be hanging out with at the mall waiting on her daughter. I was just about to say, he looks yeah. like a dad hanging out at the mall while his daughter's going shopping. That's precisely and he's an fighter. And yeah, and, and now he's playing this cool yeah. kind of everyman role and, you know, will go rogue when he wants to, but also doesn't want to mess up. Now, I, and the fact that, you know, she's just Carson this and Carson that, I'm like, that's the, that's the greatest thing to me. But to you, the beauty of where we are with all this, and, and I've said this to you guys a million times, is that you know when you're when you're OG first gen fan you know there's a reason that the holiday special was a big deal it's all we had it's all we had there's a reason that when they would air a, a special effects show you know on ABC back in the day it, it got pulled like Super Bowl ratings because it's all we had and then we had a movie every three years and then we had nothing now to me it's a lot like 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 football right like the NFL you can go as deep or you can go as surface as you want if you just want to worry about how many fantasy points that you got from someone Carson went to whoever on the weekend. Great. But if you want to spend the entire week going through everything that you can possibly find, that's the beauty of it. If you just want to watch these shows and chill and, and, and just wait for the next one and take whatever you can get. Great. But if you want to go to the comic book store or you want to go down to the bookstore and you want to go as deep as possible, you can do it. And you're not penalized either way, right? I mean, that right. to me, that's the beauty of where we are right now. And it's also a difficult line to walk, and that's why that we go back to it all the time. What they're doing right now is is um, it, it's really remarkable. Arda, let me ask you, as the resident uh, most enjoyer of the man, the notorious GAT Grand Admiral Thrawn, are you upset? Like, where are you on the? Well, we've seen him in. <laughs> he's racing the roof. We've seen him in the trailer. We are yet to see him. In the series, I, listen, 
The Star Wars galaxy has been accused of putting things in trailers that do not show up in movies for years, which is all fine and good. This happens, you know what I'm saying? But have ha, has this paid off for you yet for considering how much this is such an obvious part of where things were to start with? This is a two-part answer. Uh, the content creator slash co-host of this show in me is furious because I have my whole Thrawn tent, the Thronicles segment ready to go, and I haven't been able to do it. So from that point of view... I am beside myself and thoroughly disappointed that the uh, that segment has not debuted on our show, Never Tell Me the Odds. The fan in me uh, is not as upset. The reason is we see we've seen Thrawn's face in the trailer. His arrival is inevitable. He's still an integral part of the series. And I, quite frankly, like I said earlier, I'm on the side that I've enjoyed what I've been watching. Like episodes four and five were a wonderful journey for me. So quite frankly, like I wasn't longing to see Thrawn. Maybe if we saw Thrawn at the end of episode five, okay, that would have been cool. But when I watched it again, I didn't feel like I needed it because I knew in the back of my head we're going to get there eventually. And quite frankly, like I know we're not a prediction show here, but Thrawn is going to play an important part possibly for years to come. So I can be patient. I'm not normally patient in my life, but as it pertains to Grand Admiral Thrawn and Star Wars, Clinton, I think I can be a little bit more patient. E-Thrawn must, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's that tension though, right? I mean, it's literally the Phantom Menace. I mean, it's, 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 we, and and to me, it's the beauty of, of episode five, which is we ultimately, at least on some level, have believed we've known where this was going. You know, yeah. we're all we're all headed to a point, you know, we don't know if we're going to see Ezra or not, but but we certainly we certainly have known that Thrawn and Ahsoka, that's it. Right. At some point, we're getting to that. And the fact that I've not worried one second about what you just asked, because mm-hmm. I've been so involved in the moment that we're in, um, you know, I haven't really thought about it, you know. And so to me, um, th- the fact that we know it's out there, but we've got to get there. And I'm fascinated by this idea of, you know, having to get to him to ultimately get what everyone wants on both sides of this, you know, whether it's Ezra or whether it's Thrawn is fascinating to me. And so, so yeah, it's, it's, but it is literally the Phantom Menace and it's, it is, again, it's that tension. It's that tension of where's it going? Where's it going? Where's it going? And that, that to me is, uh, I think that's amazing. So normally on our episodes, we have different segments. We have McGee's Galactic Garage. We have Clinton's fashion segment. Uh, I was going to actually debut a new segment uh, that we'll keep uh, in the canister for now. Uh, let's just keep having a conversation about where we are and Star Wars in these episodes because uh, that that just feels the most right. Uh, Clinton, I want to throw something at you. So uh, episode five, normally when we're highlighting episodes in a series, it's usually the season premiere, the season finale. Like this is the middle of the uh, season, episode five. And you know what this reminded me of a little bit? The, the Just to bring it back to sports for a second, the 2015 ALDS between the Blue Jays and the Rangers. There was a seventh inning in that game that ended up being, right, like the most crazy inning that we've, one of the most crazy innings ever, right? Like just uh, highlighted by Jose Batista's bat flip, a sequence of errors, play after play after play. Like the whole inning was an hour. But the reason I bring it up and how like incredible it was was, I remember the next day, Clinton, ESPN aired a one-hour special of just that inning, nothing else. 
It was the seventh inning of that game from start to finish. And they highlighted it because it was so ridiculous and so incredible. And to me, I was like, that's what episode five felt like. It felt like it seemed odd at first that we were highlighting one episode in the middle of this series. But then after watching it, I'm like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that this is the episode that we're putting such a spotlight on. I would agree with that. And that, I mean, Joe, Joey Bats, as he became known after that, you know what I mean, for a bat flip for the gods, you know, was 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 critical in that. And I, I would say the parallel there would be the the lightsaber battle in the in the world between worlds. I mean, you know, it, it had been a while since we'd seen Anakin getting it moving with the saber, like an actual battle. And that to me, you know, that you, you saw him do his signature move, the spin with the back flip, you know, the, the back turned, whatever you call it. I know it when I see it, shall I say, you know, we actually got a lightsaber battle. And I, I, I remember you said you watched it twice. That was the part I rewound that in real time. I said, okay, I'll just watch that again right now. That, that, that's what I want to look at. I, I, I get that there's more happening, but I'm, nobody else is here, so I got my remote. I want to see this again instantly. And I felt like that, to me, was the high point of the episode, not just in storytelling. Um, you know, obviously, we mentioned the fact that you saw both of them get their Sith eyes when she was sort of challenged at the end as to whether or not she wanted to you know, live or die and who she was. But, yes, we got to the action and we got to the lightsaber battle, which, to me, was the peak of what we'll just call that seventh inning part of it. And those reminders, man. He's so scary. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, right. I mean, you know, again, we, you know, I mean, just last weekend on cable, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm you know, if, if, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sit on the corner of the bed in the hotel room, going to be late for my pickup for work. You know, as soon as any, any of the movies, particularly the original trilogy, you show up on cable in the middle of the afternoon and, and I will sit there, but you forget, you know, we watch the older movies so much and we watch and, and, you know, young Anakin is so likable and even older Anakin is so likable. And man, but that was a reminder. It was just, he was so dominating and so scary and he's the best. We always have these debates about greatest this and greatest that, and he's it. I mean, he is it. And and so it was a reminder of how frightening he can be, you know, if he decides to turn that on you. And so it was, uh, I'm with you. I thought that was, uh, it it was, it was a great moment, but it was, again, it was a reminder that, oh yeah, by the way, um, he, he is he is the best and he is also the worst. And honestly, like maybe that's all this episode needed uh, to warrant a theatrical release. Remember this, this episode, episode five, got a theatrical release and maybe all it needed was the fact that Anakin Hayden Christensen was involved and that was good enough for Star Wars fans to want to show up to the theater. Uh, and, and, and they did as Clinton knows. So by the way, I, I went to the theater. There were gobs of people to say the very least. Okay, so I'm I'm 42 years old, right? And one of the things that we talk about different generations and different interactions, but the, the Hayden Christensen payoff has become this whole other thing for like a certain, and I don't even want to say generation because by generation, we're implying that everybody cares as much about the previous generation, yada, yada, but just a certain age of human that is obsessed with this guy. And I, I, I've always felt that Anakin was always my favorite character for a lot of different reasons, but the actual human, of Hayden has become this cult figure in such a different way than all of the other Star Wars characters. And it is fascinating to watch the reactions on the TikToks, on the social medias, where, sure, excuse me, sure, you pointed out that you did the Leonardo DiCaprio, but there are a lot of people that are, like, genuinely moved 
by seeing him being able to act out this character and show that he's not just some stiff guy walking around waiting to be Vader. I think that the actual thespian chops that Hayden Christensen is displaying are really fantastic in this series. So my wife, I watched the episode of my wife, and and again, it's always an interesting way to watch sports because she watches on a surface level as opposed to living it like we all do. And then uh, and it's something like this, she loves it so much, but certainly doesn't, you know, isn't as nerdy about it as I am. And, and that's a compliment, by the way. But but she's an actress. And when that happened, um, I look over at her as soon as the episode ended, and she literally was wiping tears from her eyes. And her first reaction was, good for Hayden. And, and and I think that's how so many people feel. And we see, I mean, I'm wearing a Star Wars Celebration hat right now that, that a, a Marty McGee listener sent me. And he talked about when Hayden Christensen made his appearance. And it's like, I mean, he's the chosen one. And, you know, John Boyega used to say it all the time. He, you know, I remember when he was doing all the, the you know, the build up to, to his films, uh, you know, to the sequel trilogy. And he said, he said, you know, you, I, he's my guy. You know, those were my movies because he's of that generation. My daughter, you know, that was her most prized possession was a, was a pretty realistic Hayden Christensen, you know, Anakin action figure that she played with. And so it's, um, I, you're exactly right, man. The redemption of that. Um, and we've talked about that with Jar Jar. Um, yeah. but, but when it comes to Hayden Christensen, it was, um, it was, it just has been, it has been the greatest thing to just aside from the story, right? We watched the movie, we watched the shows, we, we lived the story, but then just the human part of it. Um, the way he's been embraced is just, it's, it's, it really is beautiful to watch. Rightfully so. Completely rightfully so. Um, here's a, here's a, here's a fun exercise for us. Um, anything else that jumped out at us from the episode? I have two quick ones. Um, I love how the world between worlds scene even started. Like Ahsoka's asking, what am I doing here? And Anakin's like, you lost a fight. You lost. You were defeated. <laughs> like, I just love how that just immediately jumped into like to the moment itself. It was, it was hilarious. I howled at that moment where it was like, yeah, you lost. You're drowning. Like something, something bad is happening to you at this moment. Um, but I do want to give a huge amount of props uh, to the actress that played young Ahsoka, uh, Ariana Greenblatt. Uh, she also played young Gamora. Yeah, she she played young Gamora in Avengers as well. But like, how perfect of a casting was that, Clinton? It was incredible. Well, it was incredible. And also, that's not easy to stick. You know what I mean? You have these images in your mind. I know that we saw it's it's. I know that we saw the animated series, so we know what the character looked like in a certain way, but that doesn't mean that you know how that's going to translate to live action because there was no previous character of that age who had done it. And so you were thinking, oh, how small is she going to be? You know what I mean? How young is this character actually going to project and portray? And she did it perfectly. I, I, that to me was, that was my particular redemption, if you will, was I felt like I got to see the Ahsoka that I watched who was, you know, I used that analogy before. You see a kid play in college, maybe they're rookie of the year. Next thing you know, they turn up and they're the coach of the all-star team. You're like, whoa, hold on. We had, yeah. a, whole, <laughs> we had a whole career here that, you know, the things changed. And so I felt like we got that young up-and-coming star in terms of just battlefield performance that I had been waiting to see in live action. And I, it was it was very good to see. And it was a great job, um, great job performance. He was so good that there was a moment where I thought, have we done some sort of like de-aging thing here? I right. mean, really, for real. I I I I I had to, I had to check out for a second and think. Dude, is this? Or am, I, am I watching an effect? Because she was so remarkable, and the look on her face. And now, you know, uh, 
you know, going back to the animated series, you know, on Disney Plus, you know, with the Jedi Tales, we we've seen Ahsoka now literally on since birth. Yeah. And so to watch her grow in both the animated series and live action it is remarkable. And it, and it's um, but yeah, you're exactly right. I'm so glad you brought her up. And by the way, we're not doing Galactic Garage, but I do want to say, can we talk about the fact that all right, I, I've tried to think of the motorsports equivalent to this this massive hyperspace ring, right? that they built and there really isn't one unless you've ever been to the county fair and seen monster trucks or or, or a a more accurate tractor pulls right because the way a tractor pull works is they basically take the engine from uh, you know nascar you know stock car with nine thousand horsepower and they they will literally figure out how many of those they can fit into one chassis to just try and see how much horsepower they can create that's what that ring is it's just like taking the biggest engine you have and strapping as many of them as you can to one ring and then dropping the hammer. That's all I could think about the whole time. So I'm sitting there thinking, all right, we've got a tractor pull in space. And uh, and, and then, oh, by the way, again, talking about my wife, she she loves whales, right? She keeps going back to the space whales. And that, what a, what a beautiful moment that was yeah. in Ahsoka communicating like that. It just was. It's just a reminder that of how powerful she is. As scary as Anakin can be, Ahsoka is beautiful, and for her to stand out there um, on on the you know, the bow of that ship and communicate with the, these 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 animals, it just, that, I thought that was that was that was that was a moment to just remind you of how just transcendently beautiful she can be real quick that scene where the pergill finally like creeps up and ahsoka's waiting at the front of the ship that reminded me of the matrix like right at the end where neo's waiting for the computer to appear to give him the deal uh to to defeat what was hugo weaving's character's name i forget people know what i'm talking about at the very end yeah yeah yeah. where the character like comes up very slowly like i was like wow what a great moment that was and i love how like that and that's the other thing like ahsoka becomes ahsoka the white completely purified one with the force a jedi again and now all of a sudden just like ezra and and people from rebels remember that's how ezra and thrawn got to where they were in the first place because that's what ezra was trying to do to save the galaxy from thrawn taking him into hyperspace now ahsoka can communicate just like ezra and now but that's where we are now is that for every for 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 all the conversation about this episode being like you know a fan service episode and all the nostalgic feels now everyone that needs to be in hyperspace or wherever thrawn and ezra are that's where we're going to pick up in episode 6 and that's that makes it even more exciting. It does. I, I am I'm very pleased with what we finally got into at this point of the series. So yeah, the space wheel, the space wheels, by the way, just look great. I, I oh. love the idea of <laughs> the idea, the idea that they exist at all. You know, I'm just just floating yeah. through ships. Now we're cool. We can navigate those too. It's all it's all good. We're not clumsy. We're actually undulating through this space. It's it's fantastic. It's 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 a good look in general. And the looks of the people of, of, of the people who've never seen these. <laughs> You know, that's, that's how, I mean, that's how we all feel. And it just, it was, uh, it was really, and by the way, real quick, that idea of fan service, I laugh about because, um, when people will come to me with that term, my response to that is always, yes, it's also the storyline, you know, that that's the thing, you know, flashbacks are an integral part of a storyline and how you got there is an integral part of a storyline. And, you know, just because a character has a cameo, I don't necessarily have never thought. Well, somebody's just you know just plucking my heartstrings. The the, the per- they live there. 
Like this yeah. is, you know, it's like seeing somebody in the neighborhood. If I keep seeing my neighbor around the corner, that's not fan service. Dude lives up the street. I mean, th- th- this is the neighborhood that we're living in, right? And so if these characters are, are going through and, yeah, we're on Tatooine. Guess what? There's yeah. only so many people there. We're going to run into the same people. And so it's just it, – it, I, I laugh at that term because there's absolutely some nostalgia involved. But, you know, when you've been around for 45 years, you, you're you nostalgic. That's, that's, you know, that's just – that's how it works because you're going back to how we got to where we are now. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I got one last thing for you because we didn't do our special segments. I got a bit of a news story that I want to get your thoughts on because, you know, we don't just talk about episodes here. This is a show for a lot of different fans and we all live our regular lives. And this headline reads, Andor season one, the book of Boba Fett season one and the Mandalorian season three reportedly hitting Blu-ray next year. Now, the reason the story is important, obviously, is because as we see, for those of you who are looking at Ryan, by those of you, I mean, the three people on this call, looking at Ryan, we see a lot of physical media back there on your bookshelf. And I feel like so much of what the Star Wars experience these days is, I mean, you're you're showing us actual DVD Blu-rays of the Clone Wars. To me, I own zero actual peripherals, if you will, of movies anymore i used to have the old trilogy four five six on vhs those have long since been lost to various moves but i feel like i i mean i would pay good money yeah for physical copies of these shows at this point right yeah and it's also how they're packaged i'm looking back here yes. over my shoulder too because i have I have a special edition Rogue One that I bought for no reason other than the fact that it's in this holographic package, right? And I have, I have, I bought, I bought the, uh, um, I believe it was the, they used to be on my shelf, these special editions of the prequels only because they came in these crazy, like, bass relief aluminum boxes, you know, with oh, Yoda and Darth Maul. I remember Maul those, yeah. So it looks so, like the solo. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I'm the guy that bought the original VHS, the VHS special edition, you know, the extended cut VHS, the VHS the special box, and then they did it all. Oh, yeah, I'm that guy. So it's but I think there's something to be said for that. And 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 as someone who's been fortunate enough to write a couple of books, you know, what I have found is it was just six or seven years ago that the industry was like, Well, hang on, we're not really we don't know if we're gonna be still printing books anymore. Right. People want to hold it in their hands, you know. Yeah, like the, the Throne trilogy, uh, the, uh, the trilogy I just said, the Throne trilogy, right? I have the physical books. I also have them on my Kindle because I want to flip them on the airplane, but I also want to sit on the beach and hold it in my hand. So to your point, Clint, I think there's, there. I mean, listen, we're, we're all sitting in spaces that are full of stuff. Yeah. We still like to collect it because we love it. And so I think there's something to, uh, there's something to be said for that. And as an old dude who's still, you know, We'll pop in a Blu-ray or even a DVD from time to time. Um, I, I, yeah, I will. I will be first in line probably. I love collecting as well. I don't think I would ever watch any anything on Blu-ray or DVD or VHS, but I absolutely will scour eBay for them. I literally just bought a Star Wars vinyl, the Planet of the Hoojibs, just because it was just a cool random Star Wars vinyl, and the Star Wars Christmas album, just because it was random and I found it on eBay at a good price. Like I definitely uh, love the idea, and and quite frankly, to that point, Clinton, if Ahsoka Episode Five was released as a D- DVD or Blu-ray exclusive, I think that would be a tremendous idea as well. These things would do numbers. I've, again, and it's it's to me. 
it's, it's a whole separate discussion. It's an interesting business decision that they aren't more available regular. You know what I mean? Because the yous and me's and artists of the world would all buy these things, even if we never touched them in our lives and just stuck them on our shelves. So I'm happy to see that they're moving that way because I do think it does serve a certain type of fan, Ryan, in yeah. general. In terms well, of- and also, you know, what's what's old is new again. My daughter's 18 years old, and you know what I bought her for Christmas last year? A bunch of records. Yeah. LPs. That's the, you I mean, know, she took, she took a turntable to college with her. So it's just, you know, you, 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 you know what's cool now? Clinton knows this. 1990s NASCAR T-shirts. <laughs> if I'd have known that, I would have thrown – I had boxes of them and threw them away. And so so <laughs> the point is, it's uh, – I, and I do still somewhere have a Jeff Gordon – uh, Pepsi 24. Uh, um, I have a, he had a, a, a Star Wars car. I still have one of those somewhere. I can't wear nice. it anymore. I'm a little bigger than I used to be, but, the, <laughs> but, but I do still have, but the point is people want to collect stuff and, um, and, and so put it out there and, uh, but yeah, I'm all for it. And, and just for folks know too, we don't, you know, I think there's this misperception that we're getting these episodes like super early. But I will say when we don't, we, we get them, we watch it when everyone else is watching because, you know, the loose lips sink spaceships. They don't want us talking about it. But that being said, um, we were given a head that this is how we knew episode five was going to be awesome. When we started talking about, all right, what's going to be our plan for never tell me the odds, the podcast throughout the Ahsoka run, it was, well, we want to do something at the beginning. We want to do something at the end. And then we were told immediately, oh, and you're going to want to do episode five. We're like, why? Just trust us. Don't You're going see. to do episode right. five, and so here we are. It was, uh, it was. We were told weeks ago it would be special, and 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 fellows, I don't believe anything has happened to make us believe otyerwise because it was really something else. No, you're absolutely right. And and why don't we uh, final thought on that uh, from all of us? Like after watching episode five, and again, we're not a predictions podcast. We always talk about what we've just watched, uh, just like the rest of you, the fellow Star Wars fan. I feel like the Ahsoka series, but more generally, Star Wars as a whole, is in a great place. I watched that episode. I got all my nostalgic beats. I felt all of the feels. Uh, it was a wonderful journey. It it gave me that magic that I felt when I first discovered Star Wars. That's the level of enjoyment I had watching episode five. But at the end of it, I was ready. I, I said, okay. Dave Filoni gave me a masterpiece. The Star Wars team gave me a masterpiece. I am ready to just go on the journey completely blind for whatever may come for the rest of Ahsoka, but quite frankly, the rest of this phase that we are in in Star Wars. That's where I'm at as a fan. How about you guys? So for me, I'll say this. I'll use I'll use one of Ryan's sort of NASCAR analogies. I finally felt like we could see everything the car could do. And that, to me, was extremely important to feeling like, for lack of a better term, to extend the analogy, that we could win the race. Because where Ahsoka is different from these other TV series is that it's not running up against a movie that we know is already either coming or exists as was. That's the thing with these other series. They're either characters we already knew from a certain place or it abutted something or that was already there. We're just out in space at this point, um, for lack of a better term. And that, to me, now that we know how this machine can go, seeing Hera and her son, seeing everybody else moving around, doing things, and not just Ahsoka or not just Sabine and their relationship, it made me feel like, okay, we have a complete story here now that we can move forward with, right? Yeah, and, and, and Ahsoka Tano has always had this interesting place in this universe, which is she's such an incredible character but still a little bit in the shadows 
to you know what I'll say the mainstream canon just go to the movie theater Star Wars audiences and now they know yeah. and that's been for me the most enjoyable part other than just experiencing it myself is watching the the eyes light up and, and watching the people that that haven't known about her because you know they're a little intimidated by watching season after season after season of an animated series on Disney Plus and watching their eyes light up like oh this oh this is why y'all have made such a big deal out of her and then those of us that have known about her forever understanding her now at a level that we never were able to before and, and a depth that we're able to before and it's just um and what I love about it is the care behind it you know we all know how much Dave Filoni loves it i mean it's his, it was it was his life before he went to work for lucasfilm and it certainly is his life now as kind of the you know the, the unofficial torchbearer for where it's going where it is and where it's going to go but rosario dawson clearly loves this character so much mm -hmm. and, and lobbied to play it and the fact that she um it, it reaches out to those who originated the character all the time and have befriended them and and, and the fact that you, you can you can just tell there's a lot of care behind it and, and to me that's uh you know as someone who cares about it as you guys do and as those who are listening to us do um you know all you can hope is that something that you love so much um whether you like what they did with it or not you can't question their motive and, and with this group man I, you can just feel the love behind it and i think that's awesome and we love it, clearly. Uh, this is a labor of love. We love doing this podcast. We appreciate you all listening, whether you found us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, if you've left a review, five stars, we really appreciate all of that. Uh, the next episode for us here on Never Tell Me the Odds, ESPN's official Star Wars podcast, will be the season finale. But if you're looking for more content from us, uh, we did a droid draft. That was the previous episode. Uh, we did a fantasy draft, a snake draft, four rounds, four droids. I won, by the way. Did you see all the comments? Everybody I can't had my believe back. This. I had Disputed, Clinton. Disputed, buddy. Disputed. All right. <laughs> I can't believe Twitter. I was like, man, I did not get nearly the amount of votes I thought I would, but I loved it. No, the responses were terrific. And uh, so if you want to listen to how the draft went and what our teams ended up being, that was the previous episode. Uh, so you can find it there. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to, to dive into the season finale with you guys. For everyone listening, thank you so much for finding us, for listening to our episodes, and we will see you after the season finale of Ahsoka. May the Force be with you.